welcome to another episode of the Civ Show podcast. We suck, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Moisos. Raising Zozo. Mistagmus. And we have a very, very special guest with you. He was featured on Sunday's The Civ Show. He is the lovable, redheaded Frank, whatever the German leader's name is, doppelganger. <laughs> Frederick Barbarossa. <laughs> oh, you just tripped over your own shoelaces there. I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I've been just getting so much better with these. Intros. I even named I even named my my character after him. It's Freddy Foibles. Freddy Frederick. Foibles. Yeah, See, Frederick Fred. of Germany. I said Fred, right? I mean, I got that far, right? No, he said Frank. I said Frank. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Anyway, thank you, Foibles, for joining us this week. We really appreciate it. It's been Foibles Week. You remember just to read the teleprompter. Just just read the teleprompter. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Foibles, tell us about yourself. Okay. Where should I start? Well, I've been streaming for just about two years now. I'm actually coming up on two years in January. Ooh. And, uh, of course, because I play Civ 6 a lot, I'm, I've been, uh, you know, and I've, I've joined the community and there's a lot of great people out in the Civ 6 community, a lot of great creators, and uh, very happy to be a part of this amazing group of people that, that you guys have brought together for the Civ Give later in the year. And I'm, I'm happy to be featured and uh, happy to be here. So thanks for having me. It's great having you. No problem. Having you. We're, we're the one... We're the ones that are honored here to, to have you uh, just featured on, on the Sid Game. We're so. not worthy. We're not worthy. We're scum. We suck. So you don't have to. There you go. There's the tagline. Had to plug it again. Oh, you got to plug it every time I get a chance. So when you started streaming, did you right away know that, oh, civilization is going to be my main game? No, not really. I got inspired by a few different creators out there, and I have I've I've been exposed to Civ before in the past, uh, ever since I was a kid, and never thought that I would be putting seventeen hundred hours into the game, but I have now, and uh, I I had no idea where it was going to take me. I'm very happy that uh, there's a a very strong community behind Civilization. And there's some great people out there in the community that, that love to participate and, and learn off of each other and share ideas. And there's great creators out there that are very inclusive, very loving, and, and it's awesome to be a part of such a great, great community. Um, so yeah, I had no idea where it was going to take me. I, I didn't know it was going to be my main, my main game. It's what I started with. It's what I was inspired to do. I do play some other stuff on the side. Um, but yeah, I, I had no idea it was going to take me here. So what other games do you, do you play? Like, just tell us, like, everything about your stream. Like, everything. Yeah. Everything. Spare no d detail, no matter how, how <laughs> insignificant or minute. So besides uh, Civilization and other strategy games, I do play on the Xbox quite a bit. I enjoy co-op multiplayer with uh, some of my friends. I, I have a, a group of, of guys that we play on the Xbox quite a bit and do different co-op multiplayer games. One of them is actually a friend of mine that I've personally known since preschool and uh, actually lives just down the road from me here. And uh, his cousin-in-law, so his uh, cousin married Eric, who is Heath's um, family member now through through marriage. Uh, and so it's the three of us that do usually uh, a bunch of Xbox games. We, we did Battlefront 2 quite a bit, and we still do occasionally. We've really been into Sea of Thieves lately. Um, and there's some other co-op games that we played, like uh, Vermintide. We really liked Vermintide 1 and 2. That was a lot of fun. Um, we've tried other games like Destiny, um, and so there's, there's that little bit of, of my gaming experience there on Xbox. Um, besides the co-op stuff, I do like role-playing games. I love, uh, Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls series. Those are a lot of fun. Great series. Uh, on the PC, I've played other strategy games. In fact, today, because it just released today, I downloaded Age of Empires 3 Definitive Edition, and I'm probably oh. going to give that a stream or two. Right. And, uh, I actually never played the original AOE 3, so this will be me getting introduced to it. Plus, they've got some new content. So excited to see what they can do there. And it's got multiplayer support. So we'll have to maybe take a look at that, see what we can do in the community. Um, so, yeah, I, I love strategy games because it makes you think, makes you um, learn. And you know what they say, as long as you keep learning, you'll never get old. So it's a good thing I can I can learn still. Even even when you're ancient, you know? Yep. I'm, yeah, ask Zoe. This guy's old as heck. 
I'm actually I'm actually impartial to <laughs> yep. uh, Age of Empires 2 myself because I, I played the original Age of Empires 3 when it came out. Um, I still like 2 as the best in the series, but... I, I play a lot. I, I Like when the pandemic started, me and my buddies played tons of Age of Empires 2. Yeah, I played it quite a bit as a, uh, as a kid too. I had Age of Kings and I also played the port into Star Wars, which was Galactic Battlegrounds. They basically took the engine and created it for Star Wars as well. So you had all these different Star Wars factions playing against each other in AoE style, top-down uh, real-time strategy. So that was a lot of fun as well. Uh, and that's basically what I played as a, as a teenager. That almost sounds like uh, Star Trek Armada. I don't know if anyone ever played. That was really cool. Oh, yeah? So, well, it's like Age of Empires, <laughs> but like starships and Klingons. And, yeah, know, it was it was a little bit oh, simplistic, yeah. though, to be for, for a real-time strategy was. game. I think each um, faction only had like like six different ships you can build. Like the Federation had like only the six ships that you'd know about, basically. <laughs> Armada 2. Armada 2 had all sorts of... But yeah, I, I didn't play Armada 2, sorry. <laughs> so oh, let's just get into like your gaming, I guess, background. So you were mentioning like Age of Empires 2 you used to play, Age of Empires 3. What just in general is like growing up, your favorite gaming series growing up? And then we can go all time after that. Yeah, let's go further into the past, shall we? I'll, I'll just dig up my own grave here and go back into the past. Um, so my very first console was a Nintendo 64, got it when I was like 10 or 11 years old and it was for my birthday and I got this, this, what I thought was an amazing 13 inch TV (laughs) and I put it on my nightstand. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Put it on my nightstand in my bedroom. And that was my jam for the longest time. Uh, back then we, we lived close to a grocery store and they actually rented out a Nintendo 64 game. So I'd, I'd walk there and rent out games and have them for three to five days and try out a bunch of different things. I actually tried out the um, Starcraft port for N64, which is kind of weird. I had no idea what I was doing, but I played that. Literally the worst port of Starcraft ever made. It was my so many things about this. Oh my god! Yeah, it, it, it is very different. So I played that when I was a kid, and then besides that, of course, you've got the the standard Nintendo sixty four Mario games. I had Mario Party, uh, Super Mario sixty four, Super Smash Bros, Mario Kart. Those were all the fun ones that I grew up with. The one thing people forget now would be the original uh, uh, stream snipe, which is when you play with your friends four on four, like uh, four free throw all. Oh, that's look right. At their screen Gold on night. the TV and just followed <laughs> them around. Yep. <laughs> no, pick odd job. Don't pick odd job. No, that's cheating. No, you yeah, pick yeah he was he was vetoed. Yep, he was vetoed. <laughs> oh yeah, I was gonna say Goldeneye as well. Odd job. I'm just looking I'm like I think I have a super scope around here, but that's not a 64. That's Super Nintendo. <laughs> no, oh, that's Super Nintendo, Hunt? yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, Super Scope. Not what not, the heck is Super those. Wait, what is this? Oh my god. So, Educate me. Nintendo had a bunch a of failure kind of things in the 90s. So one was Virtual Boy. Okay. They had Virtual Boy at one point. And then Super Scope was this thing that you had for they they were really into additions into their consoles. And so Super Scope was something that you use for like one or two games for uh, Super Nintendo. And it's a bit, it looked yeah. like a bazooka yeah. and you just held it, had it on your shoulder. It yep. did. And yeah. you looked into it yeah. like this. It was, it was, it was. Hey, you know what? Nintendo has always been innovative. Okay. Like Rob the Robot. Okay. That, 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 that was a Nintendo. Like the original NES system had a player two robot. And that's what it looked like from Smash Brothers. Now you've got your Rob the Robot. But that was a Nintendo. They had the gun. They had, or the zapper, sorry. Uh, they had a cross and a track and field running pad. Nintendo's always been super innovative. I right agree with that. One hundred percent. Yep. But you, you have. I mean, you mentioned you had an Xbox. So are you like, if you had to pick one of the three major ones, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, who you got? Well, uh, because I still have Xbox, I'm partial to Xbox now. And, and just the fact that in my grown-up life, since Xbox is a Microsoft product, it already syncs up with everything I've already got. So it just it's out of convenience and enjoyment. Uh, and they've just made it really easy to enjoy those types of games on, on either platform, on PC or on Xbox. So I started with the N64. I grew up into the GameCube. And then from there, I grew into the original white uh, Xbox 360. And then uh, after quite a while, I got uh, upgraded to the Xbox uh, 360 Slim and then uh, to the Xbox One, which I still have now over here sitting next to me, the original Xbox One, and I still still play on that. Talk to mm-hmm. someone here who's owned every single Nintendo console that's ever existed. 
<laughs> now, although I think uh, for Microsoft, um, one of the best franchises ever created is the Halo series. And so yes. I have to give props to that. That's like their best um, um, franchise they've ever created. I've got some great memories with Halo. And I grew up with that as well. My, I never owned the original Xbox, but my friends did. And so we would get together and do LAN parties. And one of my favorite experiences was when we uh, got eight or ten of us together and we went up to one of our friends' family cabin. And we took two, I think it was two separate original Xbox consoles, got them all synced up, got, got cables running through the hallway from one bedroom out to the living room where the other setup was. And we played all night uh, Halo CE. Wow. So it dude, was a ton of fun. Is, oh, dude. I, all right, kindred spirit here. Man, land mm -hmm. party. These guys, like, <laughs> no, Moy, I, I know. I, I get it. I've been there. I, I know. <laughs> I was I'm there. just saying. Okay, okay. I'm not that just, young. I, I Back in my day, parties. you had to connect them with cables. There was, there was a time. It took, it took, like, a weekend of planning to get everyone together, synchronize all, all the systems, and, like, yeah. all land parties. Now, when like when when I did land parties, like we would do like Master of Orion or Civilization Four. Civilization Four was like the big like weekend. There'd be like five or six of us. We'd each like go in our area. We'd like put a flag up representing who we were. <laughs> um, but oh, I never went that far. Oh I God. am not. That's kidding. a bit extreme. Not, well, I sorry, sorry. In my my friends' defenses, uh, I was the only one that oh. did that commonality of Zozo. <laughs> so I had my own flag. Um, <laughs> okay. Were you part of? Did you also like be part of a group and you named yourself Kiss uh, Kiss My Anthea or something like that? Kiss My nice. Anthea, same idea. But like, were you there for those? This Dagmas? you grew up with with Zo, right? Yeah. Well, were you, were you part uh, of? Those? No, I wasn't part because so we are now like uh, closer as we got older. But remember, there's still about a mm -hmm. what is there like a six year difference between the two of us? Yeah. Um. So okay. when you're like yeah. when I'm like ten and he was like sixteen, like you know we wouldn't be part of the same kind of in-group. And so... Um, I taught you magic when yeah, you did. were like like eight, <laughs> eight or nine. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you introduced me to Magic uh, the Gathering, yeah. Which is probably what yeah. segued me into like getting into Warhammer, um, uh, especially the Warhammer Fantasy. See? I still have my 1,500-point uh, Dark Elf oh, Army. Here we go. Um, wow. So, okay. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. You owe me now, okay? <laughs> you owe me. Ga game Shop uh, is like... Like they're the ones who are like happy, I guess. <laughs> I bet. I got a question for you, Foibles. Uh, did you play any of the Final Fantasy games? I never did. I never got onto Final Fantasy. I I've never touched a PlayStation controller. Actually, that makes sense because you said you said sixty four, not Super Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, after Super Nintendo, as uh, all of our Final Fantasy fans know, after um, Final Fantasy three or six. Uh, it switched over. That's right. It switched platforms yep. to uh, PlayStation. That's I right. am okay, currently so. playing through the Final Fantasy VII remake on PlayStation Four. Nice. And I then good totally did not research it enough because I got it and I found out it's only one third of the damn game. Ooh. <laughs> um, that that completely changed it. Uh, and Tons of new content. Um, yeah. In, in case you guys don't know, the story's kind of the same, but there's like a sub story. Um, to it now and I don't know I want to say spoilers for anybody but it's been out for a few months now but it, I think it was cool they didn't just make like they could have just ported it and made it graphics better and they could have just done that and made a lot of money but they decided to actually build like a whole new game and all the other characters like in, that were just minor characters are now like you get to know their backstories and stuff oh wow um, so it's really cool um, I'm I really I'm really enjoying it to be honest but did you um yeah, Final Fantasy is great. Did you um, play the Star Foxes? Oh yeah, I played Star yeah. Fox sixty four. Nice. I played some of the GameCube Star Fox games as well. Those were pretty fun. Um, was yeah, I, I like those. Those were fun. Sixty four was actually I thought like just such a, an amazing, amazing system. Uh, like Banjo and Kazooie, uh, uh, Mario Kart, Donkey like, Kong. These were games. Donkey Kong. You guys Country. remember Conquer's Bad Fur Day? I didn't. I didn't. That was like literally the most non-Nintendo game ever created by Nintendo. So Conker's Bad Fur Day is like a little squirrel. He wakes up after a hangover, and there's like swearing. It's it. It's a really. Oh it's, yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a really. I've seen vulgar, some footage. <laughs> yeah, it's a really vulgar game. It's, Nintendo game. Yeah, made by Rare back in the day. Wow. 
Um, and so it was like the most, like it was just half of it was just shock factor. Cause you would never expect the Tendo to come up with this. Like the very first scene in the, in the game, when you're walking is a couple of beetles, like find you. And they're like, Hey man, we're just gonna go kick the shit out of that guy. And th- th- that's like the exact line that they say. And that you never like expect beetles that as in the insect or the band. The no, no, actual beetles. literal like beetles. They're, they're literal <laughs> beetles. They're like big beetles. Okay. Crossover hey, of the century. Let's go, let's go beat these guys. And then up. they did a bunch of uh, movie parodies. So they did Saving Private Ryan. They did The Matrix. You do you do the hallway scene in The Matrix. So like you yeah you get like slow motion like shoot all the bad guys and stuff. Um, and it's all about him just trying to save his girlfriend. Basically, that's like the the crux of the story. Um, but totally not seem like it would. If you looked at it, you'd be like, Nintendo didn't make that game. <laughs> oh yeah, they did. <laughs> There's a dark side to Nintendo. Leisure suit Larry for Nintendo. <laughs> right. So let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about what happened on Sunday. Just a little bit of a recap and discussing what strategies that we used. Uh, so don't go anywhere because we will be right back. the transition look at that that was beautiful welcome back to the snip show podcast with special guest foibles and foibles uh let's talk about sunday do we what have to on we it's part of the part of the show i so, know it's I mean, okay yeah <laughs> you can do what you want i mean you have the floor you can talk about whatever you want you can talk about like bouncing on a trampoline or like some of your uh, some some honeydew melon that you found at the grocery store the other day. Like, hey, man, the floor is yours. Go for it. Well, I Come mean, I'm, I might as well just get it over with, right? I mean, talking about what happened in the game. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I I actually did a bit of tryharding and I did some practicing before the Sunday game. But uh, none of that would have prepared me for my start in, in the Tundra. And oh, yeah. uh, Nystagmus with uh, with his uh, flaming red eyes of war, um, with with his uh, with his impies and uh, his horses ready to just uh, pummel me to death. So uh, that's basically what happened. Uh, and then somehow he became merciful after that, which is a very quick uh, transition, uh, you know, from being uh, a tyrant uh, warmonger over to a, a peaceful uh, monarch. He gave me my cities back. But by that point, my, my lead in science had dropped quite significantly, and uh, I didn't really have a way to recover. But I still had fun. In the moment, I was a bit uh, downhearted, but I knew that it was just for fun anyway. So it, it's like no probably, grudges. We all get it. We all <laughs> probably one of the first lessons you learn about multiplayer. Uh, is that silence that comes when you get attacked uh, unexpectedly (laughs) where you're just so upset that that you're being destroyed and you get a little bitter (laughs) and and like it but the neat thing is like you learn to cope with it a little bit like it it still always stings a bit Yeah. yeah but it is part of the multiplayer experience is being able under pressure so I was in uh, foible shoes when I first started with you guys. Um, I used to always play Civ, just like it's single player. Oh, and you guys yeah. introduced me. So yeah, yeah. You introduced me into this multiplayer universe that you want me to play with you guys on stream. Um, and this is, you know, only long term fans of the Civ show remember these episodes. But um, I was not very good, surprisingly. Um, still not very good. But whatever. Oh, only a lot of time um, fans yeah. know that? Wow. Um, and so uh, there was a game where I played Germany and Moy was the Mongols. Now, to, oh. you know. Oh, it's a long Yeah, so Moy actually oh, yeah. burned okay. all of my cities to the ground except for my capital. Um, wow. Uh, and he waited. He waited until I was trying to clear out a barbarian encampment. Mm-hmm. So all of my soldiers were out of position. And then his horses came around and killed them all. Um, and also, uh, I did a novice mistake. I didn't build any walls on any of my my cities. Um, uh, now, now to, you know, save face a little bit, Moy did try to take over a city with walls with a battering ram and horses. Hey, so that was a city. No, (laughs) oops. How are those horses? How are those horses running into the gate? I still remember he was like, Hey man, why is my battering ram working? And we're like, uh, you have to. 
you have to have melee units. You can't use. <laughs> I thought the horse was melee because it is melee. Attack. <laughs> no, it's own, its own class. Its own class, my man. My logic, my logic wasn't quite there yet. No, I was in that position to Moy um, uh, basically burned all of my cities to the ground and then let, and this happened like halfway through the game. So like the other half of the game, I was just like one city. <laughs> Oh, wow. These two, these two fight a lot. Um, they go to war a lot. Me and Moy will go to war a lot. I don't. Me and Nystagnus will exchange. Like more, normally with Nystagnus, it's more if I've slighted either him or somebody else, he doesn't like that. Uh, and I have to. So like I, I have a little bit of a temper sometimes. Okay, I get a little, <laughs> just a little. Bit. I get a little grumpy pants sometimes. I I <laughs> threaten sometimes. I will say if you take that goodie hat, we were go to war, uh, and I mean it. I mean it sixty percent of the time. Like I'll go to war over sixty percent of the time. Every time. Every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> However, for me though, like I have some predictability. Like so, for instance, if I do threaten you, and you are cowed by it, and you agree, like usually I'll then agree to terms some kind of exchange and then for me okay we're friends this game uh like that's like my default setting is if you and then usually afterwards i'll be like boy i'm sorry i sorry i I lost my temper Um, eat a snickers i I, but like this is the cool thing about multiplayer is you have to grow as a player like i i was an angrier player in the past, I think. And, and I, you know, you calm down over time and then you remember past, you know, treachery. Um, oh yeah. So, yeah. So <laughs> I think like when you entered this game, I was worried. I was like, Oh no, we, we have, uh, we have another Mike, uh, another Michael here. Cause you are, your um, oh. cause your science was like really high. And I was like, Oh no, he, this guy knows how to play. We're in trouble. Um, and then the stagnus attacked you. And um, I'm just glad it wasn't me. Uh, that was the best part of that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure you were. What, honestly, <laughs> when I was like massing my army on both those borders, I felt like the tension rising as the game was going yeah. on, especially when I was talking to yeah. Zoe. He was like, he was like I got I to gotta deal with this army. There's an army. <laughs> There's a funny story behind me and Zoe later. I'll get to that. I was, yeah, I was so... that was my first time playing Keimer ever and I did not play a good game uh at all like I tried the religious game and it didn't matter and then Moy came and basically slapped me in the face with a big rubber sausage I don't know oh, wow. with terrible. with with a proper religious strategy with a proper is what I slapped like, you in the well, face with well you know oh, yeah. you had you had all week training with vector cat how I so, didn't play them once. Uh-huh. That was, a, that was uh-huh. legitimately the first time I've ever played Poland. Yeah, you should. Can you I confess really, something as well? Yeah. So, Moy, you went to Vector Cat for, for some advice, right? Or he reached out to you. Either way, you got some advice, right? I, I did. Okay, yes, I did. I yeah. also got some advice before the game, but I didn't want to say anything. Oh, it was oh, from uh, <laughs> it was it was, was it from Cat as well. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, it was from a member of our community who's also uh, one of the CPL admins, oh. I believe, on the CPL Discord server. Oh. Uh, Dash oh. Green. Is it under Civ? Under Civ? No, Dash, Dash Green. Green. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. He's either. Yeah, he's wow. one of the admins, I believe, of, of uh, CPL. And he's been a part of our community for quite a while now. And we've done lots of community multiplayer nights with him, and I've learned a lot from him. I, I basically call him sensei and coach, and he's taught me a lot about multiplayer. So I went to him saying, hey, what, are your, what do you think about the Dutch? And he gave me he actually gave me some statistics from the CPL Discord server because they keep statistics there. And it nice. shows like the win-loss ratios and how often they're uh, chosen in games and how often they win, how often they lose. And he said they were second to last in their rankings although they did have a lot of instances a lot of matches with them in there they just never but that's also with the better balance game mod on the cpl uses so that makes some changes to it yeah Uh, and it also bounces out the other players which would affect their their outcomes so i did get some advice um i i secretly messaged him on discord and we talked a little bit and talked out strategy and figured out what i should focus on so it was working for a little bit my spawn didn't help because i should have it would have been better if i was coastal uh, rather than tundra in the middle of uh, the continent, so um, if it yeah, had been a famous, coastal spawn, uh, I think things would have been different. For the Dutch, right? Like you know, they're a tundra. 
<laughs> Tundra oh, with volcanoes. <laughs> yep. Perfectly accurate. All you have to do is choose Canada and you're going to you're going to spawn near rainforest. We all know this. This is facts. This is what happens. <laughs> yep. Was Canada, so, was Canada the one at the bottom of that list for for just yeah, who was last place? No, you actually, know? I'd have to go back and take a look at the screenshot. It's in Discord here, but okay. uh, yeah, they were second to last. It was probably Oh gosh, I I don't know. I'll have to go look, but I'll is let you know. Georgia? Georgia? <laughs> Actually, Georgia is pretty strong in BBG. They've made some pretty really? big buffs for Georgia in BBG. Yeah. Oh, I never see them though. I see a lot of in, I see a lot of India. I see a lot of uh, Heimer, ironically. Yeah, they're actually pretty well buffed too. Uh oh, there goes Ozo. <laughs> yeah, well, don't worry about it. He'll come back. Okay, don't worry about it. I want to talk about though a funny a funny little. Um, back and forth I had with Zoe during Sunday that you guys weren't aware of. Uh, this was when we took a break and we all went to the bathroom. I came back. I was the first one back. I sat here and then Zoe came back. It was just me and him. And we were both noting like, oh shit, uh, Foibles is running away with this game and Nystagmus has a massive army. So we got to do something. Like there's no way we can just sit back and do nothing. So you guys still weren't back. We're like, we're trying to figure out how to do it. I'm like, okay, this is exactly when he got the World Congress, but when he builds a district, he gets a culture bomb. And so I made a deal with him saying, if you don't culture bomb any of my tiles, I we you can send missionaries to the north and I will kill them so you get relics. Whoa, 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 whoa. You wanted an alliance. And that was my counter offer was I will agree as long as you let me send missionaries yeah. for you to kill. Mm, interesting. So this is where it ties in now to Vector Cat, okay? So we were talking about how, uh, like, the whole relics thing. I'm like, maybe I'll go, I told him, maybe I'll go relic queries and, like, I'll kind of, like, battle Zoe with my apostles who will die and then he'll get his relics and we kind of have both relics, but then I have the triple tourism. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of said, oh, what if I just give it to relic queries to him anyway? That would give him a better deal. But then I can still do something with it because Poland gets bonuses with relics. They get like, extra yep. food, extra production, extra gold. And so I kind of went through all these things and he's like, no, nah, don't do it. That's too risky. And I'm like, no, nah, hold on. So that was actually that alliance part of my plan the whole time. So I'm really so, well so done. What I'm waiting for now is okay. I want Moy to release like a 1980s montage of Vector Cat training him. You're gonna need a montage. Even Vector Cat's a montage. Yeah, oh he's just like you're like like sweating, you're like drinking water and like playing the game and stuff. I Insert uh, yeah. Pokemon intro music here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, that was part of my strategy the whole time was to make you get relics because like somehow make an alliance with you and make you get relics, and that was the perfect moment. So as soon as we made that deal internally, I was laughing really yeah. hard. <laughs> I obviously I, couldn't show that. I had three cities that whole game. I got stuck, and that was me being dumb. I went after that dumb wonder. The I thought it would be great. It was didn't do anything for me. I got one flood. Okay, I got the oh grand, the great path. path. Oh, I got one the great flood. Path's terrible. I got one. Well, I was like, I, I think I was like thinking, okay, somebody else probably wants this, so I'm gonna get it, and it'll be good because I will get some floods, and it'll I'll have lots of faith, and I'm gonna go void singers, and yeah. This is perfect. No, it was a stupid mm. move. And obviously the computer, you build great baths. There's one river. So the, the city over here will get all of the floods. And the one that you build in will get none of the floods. And literally the whole game, this city kept flooding. The lower city on the same, it was on the same uh, same river, but it was, it was lower city. It kept getting the floods. And the capital that had it had none. So I got stuck. And not only that, like because I delayed... There were literally, there was like two places I could build cities on the mainland. Oh, wow. Um, so I just, it was a bad move. Uh, I deserved that loss. And then Moy, of course, you know, built cities everywhere. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but, and then Took over a city-state. He just, like, he made it quite clear near the end of that game that he was about to wipe my religion from the map. <laughs> uh, he made that quite clear. I had more religion than him per turn it didn't matter but it didn't, didn't matter. matter he had way more cities he had way more of everything else and he was void singer oh man that, that makes it terrible, tough that was a terrible game oh i hate the I, the ones i hate the most are the ones that Moy wins. <laughs> <laughs> 
Really? That's weird because those are the ones I like the best. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, that really yeah it makes sense. So, would you recommend the Dutch to anybody? Did you have fun with the Dutch? I think the Dutch are very situationally fun. Um, their best ability is the river adjacency, right? You get plus two adjacency for campuses, theater squares, and industrial zones on rivers. So you basically have the same adjacency as a commercial hub, but for three additional districts, mm -hmm. right? So there can be some really good districting happening there. And if that's the only thing you focus on, if you're inland and you can't be coastal, you can't get your unique ship, uh, you can still do your trade routes and get some culture that way. But uh, I actually look at the Dutch as an as a good space race uh, sieve because of their industrial zone adjacencies and their campus adjacencies on rivers. Plus, they build dams faster, so if they're on floodplains, they can protect themselves quicker. They can protect themselves from lowland uh, coastal tiles from flooding uh, because they can build the flood barriers faster. So they can actually be a really good space race victory sieve. But like I said, they, it's very situational. We almost never get to space race. No, but you <laughs> you were way ahead of science. Like, I don't. How many campuses or or did you end up building? Like, how did you? Get I so actually. Far well, I only had. Uh, I only had. What was it? Three campuses, but I had Pingala in the city with the best campus, okay. which was a plus five. It was on the government plaza on a river next to a mountain, uh, and then I had another one in my northwestern city, closer to your borders, near the city state mm -hmm. Vilnius. And they had a plus five campus as well. And then I had a plus three or four over on my floodplain city. Uh, so I only really had three main campuses that whole time. But I just took advantage of cards, took advantage of Pingala, uh, district adjacency. So on the river, next to other districts, next to mountains, as best as I could. And that's what got me to where I was with science. Kind of It was jealous. scary. It was scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you were yeah. If I had double the number of cities, I would have been like over 300 science by turn like turn 75. And, and that map was tough. Uh, like I like, I do like Terra. I love to, I, I do it. like Terra. Terra was fun. But like with, with having the Zulu, you know, on Terra, it, it, that is not good. <laughs> like if Nystagmus wanted, yeah. he probably could have inflicted a lot more damage on us. And I actually noticed Nystagmus, you attacked um, before your uh, core and, and army abilities really kicked in because that's when they really shine yeah. the best, I think. The Zulu is when they can get those early core and, and army. But, I mean, you already had strong units. They were promoted. You had different unit types. You had MPs, you had crossbows, you had catapults, you had cavalry. So <laughs> you had a good mix of units. Yeah, I and I saw them creeping up on the board. I'm like, oh, like, crap, what's happening? Point, I, had, and I had no choice. I was still like, but I, but I did it in such a way where I was about 10 turns away from core. Um, and so I was like, oh, if you counterattacks, and by the time the counterattack occurs, I'll be able to build core. And that would be like a big surprise where I just build cores and then just push forward again. And my and oh, yeah. I realized that even his special unit was like, just like, would just basically <sighs> die to try to attack the, the MP. Um <laughs> That was scary. Man. Yeah, that was scary. He like attacked. He like attacked <laughs> one of them, and it like minus two, and it like minus fifty his his uh, unit. It's like minus eighty, dude. <laughs> like it was deadly as hell. Are you kidding me? Holy. Yeah, crap. the MP is a really strong anti-cav unit. Um, it's a much better pikeman than a standard pikeman, but it's not the best in the game. I'd probably say the best anti-cav is the Corleone or Corleone from Sweden, Sweden. right? Yeah, because you get it way later too, right? You get it in like the modern or whatever Renaissance. Well, it, it's the replacement for pike and shot. Yeah, and so it's uh, it's Renaissance era with gunpowder. Um, I'd say they're better than the MP, but the MP is better than um, than Greece's anti-cavalry unit too. Um, there's I only a couple Greece's of them in the game. Yeah, I actually, you, I, I like you get them. you get Greece's with. With bronze working spearmen, so spearmen, pikemen, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Where that one, so like, that one is uh, the MP you get with formations or whatever it is that now. Right? Like, it, it, the, yeah. the reason why I would argue that the Sweden yep. and the Zulu's anti cavalry units better is that like when Greek gets it, like people aren't really focusing as much on cavalry at that point because you only get like the horsemen. Whereas like the MP and the the Swedish uh, special unit, it's like when people are getting knights and cavalry and and all that and like those kind of units and. Those are really powerful units. Like knights are super powerful. Yeah, Greece's spearman becomes very irrelevant very quickly. Well, I build the elephant. <laughs> I build. I build. The you elephant. rode an elephant. You had one, and it died so, so fast died. by the so end of that quickly. game. Oh, oh my god. god! Oh god! They're not. They're not a I good never, sieve, right? I hope yeah. I never have to use them again. Oh man! <laughs> like now, yeah, I've seen a lot of ranking charts, and he's very low on those lists. 
Oh. Uh, Potato McWhiskey does have a video of like how to actually play Keimer, and I'm interested to see that, watch it, and like see if I can apply it on the Civ Show one day. Uh, but yeah. yeah, they're tough. Man. I haven't seen it, but I would assume that it deals with like tall tactics, building yeah. your cities tall. Yeah, I saw high him population. on YouTube today. Yeah. He was streaming. Yeah, he streams. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know he streamed on YouTube. I, I, I just thought he made videos. To be honest, <laughs> I think he he's kind of stepped away from Twitch a bit, from what I understand, and he's focused more on YouTube. So for me, it makes sense if he's streaming on YouTube too, because that's where a majority of his fan base is. Yeah, good for him though. He's like he's he's been blowing up. Like he's over a hundred thousand now. He has like the plaque, the YouTube plaque. That's like my lifetime achievement goal to try to get. Oh one yeah, of those, you know what I mean? saw like, that. Yeah, like, I saw his, his tweet. Yeah, that was so cool. I'm like, man, the stream, that's a, that's a the stream I saw had like right 1,500 people watching or something like that. So, yeah, man. Yeah, that's great. That's that's gonna be us one day. Yeah, Don't and worry. and that's something that I wanted to comment on as well is just how much the Civ community has grown, and I think the developers wanted this to happen, and I think that's what their plan was by releasing all this new content. Oh, yeah. We're over halfway through uh, the New Frontier Pass now. And um, to me, I, I look at Fraxis as like the perfect example of a good developer. They continue to provide uh, content to their fans. They listen to them. They take in their advice. They take in their ideas. Uh, they've even gone so far as to incorporate people that have created mods for the game and put them into the game. Uh, the example of that being the pins. The pins was originally a mod. It was never a base feature of the really? game. I and somebody had a really popular pins mod that worked very well. And Firaxis worked with them to incorporate it into the base game. And that just became and, part of the game at that I, point. It's so. something they got better at over time. I think when you look at like when the Aztec pack came out, um, I don't know if they were doing as good a job back then because they were getting a lot of backlash yeah. for, well, you know, I'm paying for this piece. These like every now and then I have to pay 10 bucks. I think with the the, the, the Grand Columbia, the, the, the Frontier Pass, they went a very mm -hmm. different direction. It was very engaging. They're getting feedback. They're in motion. They're they're so I think that was the turning point. Like I, I hear what you're saying because and, and like they're they are they're great developers and they I think they do engage with the community. But it was especially with the release of the Frontier Pack. They they really wanted to know what are you saying, what do you think, and then they started actually incorporating and listening and and taking ideas. Um, and they've learned and well. Like yeah. I said, I think I said this really in an earlier hard. podcast. I'm like, you have these examples of like, they're a good example of how to do downloadable content, right? Because you know, downloadable content is like the thing now. Whereas Call of Duty is like how not to do that. <laughs> um, I, and I will, I will hold that opinion forever because their their way of downloading content is like you can't play the game unless you buy all these like weird right. little things. Um, it becomes very yeah. annoying. It shouldn't be pay to win, right? Is 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 the key, and I and they've done a very good job, and they they mix in the free content with if exactly. you're a hardcore fan. Um, Civ is one of those. It's I consider it an investment. It's a game that I keep going back to. I have other games that I don't play that often. Civ is a game I keep going back to, and whenever they release something new, I'm going to get it. Um, and that's because they're, they, they have, uh, they're very engaging and it's, it's great because all of this is really just building up to Civ seven that of course, when that comes out, I'm going to get it right away. I'll be like, ah, and then oh, yeah. I will, oh, yeah. I will turn my back and Civ six will become Civ five. Okay. Well, you know, I, I still have a, a, a place in my heart for Civ four. I don't have a place in my heart for Civ five. Um, I, it was, I thought it was revolutionary. I thought it was great. But then I got so sick of every game was World Congress. They should have just called it Civ Five World Congress, and and then that would have been it. Um, yeah. But Civ Six isn't. I don't get that feel with Civ Six. Let's take a quick break before we get into this last segment, where we we're going to be talking about speaking of the New Frontier Pass, the new October update, things that are involved in there, the pirates, the changes, and everything that you need to know about this October Arg. update. So don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Hello and welcome back to what is that face? Oh my god. <laughs> Welcome back to the Show podcast with special face foibles. Foibles face. Foibles face. Uh, so, muted. Muted. We're muted. Muted. All right. No, oh. not muted. Not muted. <laughs> wow, so, professional let's, streamer. Let's talk about the free October update. There's a little bit to talk about. Uh, kind of a quick summary: pirates, uh, spy mission changes, 
potential Grand Columbia nerfs, World Congress scaling, and the wonder increase for the computers. So mm-hmm. I want to go into this because I feel like this might be the longest topic of Grand Columbia nerfs. What do you think they're going to do in order for them to bring them down to reality? So I could comment about how uh, the Better Balance game mod did this with okay. CPL. Okay. So they, they of course, uh, what they do in their testing is they test any new updates, any new civs, anything before they make any changes, right? They want to see how everything works. They'll let them play them as they are in matches and and they'll get feedback from the players. Uh, the big thing they changed in BBG with Grand Columbia is instead of having that extra movement, they turned it into plus one sight instead. Um, and so the movement is what really makes uh, Grand Columbia very OP, right? I that agreed. extra movement. Yeah. So with that in mind, if they made a big change like that, you know, if it's anything like what BBG did with CPL, then that, that, I could see that happening. That's probably the biggest complaint that people would have against Grand Columbia. Uh, the other thing is the recruitment of uh, the Comandantes Generales and Great Generals. In BBG, they made it so they were like the Congo where they couldn't recruit normal generals. They could only have their era generals come out, their special generals. So that you couldn't have two different types of generals in a battle. So that could be another thing that that I think might they happen. Stack, right? um, yeah, they yeah, do they, stack. they do because one's a unique general and the other one's uh, you know a separate great person general. I do know that I was in Bose's stream or CGM stream the other uh, the other day, and Carl was in there, and I think it was Bose's stream. And when they were talking about the possible nerfs that could come to Grand Columbia, that came up of those shouldn't stack. Uh, Carl did say. Uh, that was intentional, and the intention of these unique units stacking is something that is not going to change. Basically, is Ooh, what he said. Wow. Like, that okay. is clear. That was clearly <laughs> the like the purpose of having the unique great general was so that they would stack. Hmm. So I don't think they're going to take that away. The movement I can see them taking away. Another thing that was discussed about is maybe they only get the plus one movement in golden ages instead. Hmm. I. I'd rather see them do something along the lines of reduce the movement penalty. Uh, but so, so on an open plane, they don't get any sort of bonus, but like when moving through forest or hill or something like that, it, it halves it or something along those lines so that, hmm, you know, that, okay. I, I think the idea is supposed to be Grand Colombia is located in South America. South America is a very, diverse terrain between forests and rainforests and hills and all sorts of crazy stuff like that, 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 that would be the intention. But then that would also mean that maybe they don't get anything for naval. Um, so it'd be make it easier for them to move over difficult terrain, but then they don't get the bonus on say planes or on one, water. one other way is maybe limit the plus one movement to non-military units. That was something else too, maybe, uh, if they if they had that your your worker or your builder, sorry, and... Uh, well, see, they've already got that for India. India's got... Uh, Gandhi's India has that. And so... What or maybe that's that a BBG thing? thing as well. I think that's uh, a BBG The extra thing. movement on civilian units. No, I, I think that's a BBG thing. I don't Is it? Okay. recall that. I'm still no acclimating back to normal Civ. I've only been <laughs> off of uh, BBG for a couple weeks now. <laughs> no worries. But that is something they did. If it is a BBG thing, that's something they did with Gandhi's India is they made civilian units have extra movement. So them with a golden age, Gandhi with a golden age, with uh, monumentality is crazy. They can expand very quickly. It's like uh, six movement for a second, right? right? Yeah. Wow. But like, mm-hmm. like at the same time, I think that's what makes them such a fascinating Civ. Just that simple like plus one um i i like what like moix commented about like remove anything and you'll you'll have a more fair Just sieve one thing one anything, thing you anything. know <laughs> maybe make the, make the lunero maybe a little weaker might be because th- those luneros are those are fantastic assuming that you're not playing on random shuffle and can actually achieve them um <laughs> the, but those those are they're a fantastic unit and they're so like they're perfect for when you get them, and I think they're so good they can survive like two eras worth of being around and still be effective. The Lanero, uh, yeah. So I remember Nastagmus was talking that he was killing tanks. Yeah, yeah I was uh, yeah. during one of his single players. Wow. When, you, when you pair yeah, them with crazy. Uh, great generals and their commande uh, generals, you can clearly kill tanks and stuff. Yeah, because they get it's is nuts. it is it it's plus three 
for each uh, plus adjacent four. plus four for each adjacent yeah. uh lunero specifically though right it's not like it's not like the gull where it's all units why not just they, no, why not just get rid of the um the whole promoting the unit doesn't like end its turn thing yes yeah that yes might, that might work yes. too i'd almost though i'd almost rather them reduce the movement than take that away i really really like that. yeah what? i really hmm. like that i really like because like, that's able... the most unique part about it kind of I, kind of deal oh uh, yeah no, take that away it's, that's, it's, that's broken as heck it's really it's really <laughs> unique um i really like i like when there's something like that there's like oh wow like nobody like at least with uh the plus one move if i have logistics i kind of have that i have the plus one movement um in my own territory but yeah oh, that one, I, don't heart, know. I don't know i just i i think that's a really fascinating ability or maybe instead of penalizing them with or sorry instead of debuffing them uh by taking away movement or something like that maybe they could do something like there's a penalty to like experience like maybe they take that would be bad more Not bad. you yeah. know 25 percent more experience or something like that to train uh, you know, so that's another direction. Instead of taking something away, they could add a penalty. They can also make the Lanero because the other thing that makes the Lanero like crazy is that Laneros are like cheap. They're super cheap. Right? Like they're oh, yeah. have one gold versus four too, right? Yeah, like they're so that's the other thing. Like the other reason why I was able to kill tanks is because I just mass like they're like one of the units that you can spam. Like you just spam Laneros and like it, if as long as you have enough of them that gives them the adjacency bonus with their generals just kind of following them along, they're like really hard to kill. Um, and they can like take on units that are supposed to be their hard counter, which is like messed and up, yep. right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like even when I was uh, Grand Columbia, the one game I won with Grand Columbia, um, like I was still like, Moy was only building pike and shots and I was still like, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't pushing me back. Like he was <laughs> holding me to a stalemate, but he shouldn't be like, he's, he's, specifically building the unit that's supposed to hard counter my unit and i'm still like yeah i could still move forward <laughs> slower but i'm still yeah, moving forward <laughs> crazy that was so, so those are the possible possible uh things they can do to grand columbia so uh let's move to the pirates scenario the yeah. pirates scenario Arr. i know a lot of people don't play scenarios <laughs> foibles does this one look interesting to you as also as a sea of three thieves player so, yes, I have been playing Sea of Thieves lately. Uh, I have been enjoying the pirating life for me. Um, I actually have not played a single scenario in Civ 6. Really? Mm-hmm. That's not an uncommon I, phrase, though. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like a last resort. Like, if you absolutely have nothing else to do, if you've played every single Civ and you don't have anybody to play multiplayer with, you just go play a scenario it's for an lonely, hour. It's the lonely way to go play Civ. Now, did they say it was a scenario, or did they say it was a multiplayer game mode like Red Death, where it you could actually scenario. get a lobby yeah, together? To it is a scenario, players. but there are multiplayer scenarios. Even all the other mm-hmm. ones existing oh, that's can true. be multiplayer. That's true. Right, the black the the black plague is is multiplayer. The Vikings ones is multiplayer. Like all, majority of them, the only one that isn't off the top of my head is the Conquest of Alexander because that's very specific. Mm. You should try that one. That one's really fun. Um, mm, okay, because I hate Alex, so that'd be great. <laughs> what? <How do> you <laughs> hate? I just hate playing Alex. I always have a rough time with him. You just take over cities with wonders, and you just win. What do you mean? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Their glory kind of fades off. They do have some, at least one ability that scales. It's the the science, right? With uh, yeah, with it's military like kills, culture, but with science, yeah. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, that that's okay. Uh, I've I've just always had a hard time with him. It's probably just me, and it's probably just not my play style. A very early domination run, pushing people around from the start. But yeah, I don't know. I've just never had a good time with him. Okay they're 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 pretty good i'm looking forward to these pirates personally like i think i think man like zo is gonna have a blast with this 100 percent. i do i do like i already pirates. know what you're gonna do i already know what you're gonna do you're gonna dress the part you're gonna wear I like will. these, these like gold all. pearls around you're gonna come in with all. an eye patch yeah ready i i i run the third realm i'm here today that's why i, I dress <laughs> like a cobbler as East, uh, what's the uh, what's the overall odds that he dresses up like Captain Jack Sparrow and just shows up and <laughs> oh yes you know, so this, this, is, this is my yeah. alter ego here Mr. Creek so I run a, a Dungeons and Dragons business and we have one of our services we've done bachelor parties in the past where we do a really? pirate wow. scenario yeah that's uh, awesome yeah <laughs> so what we, like the what we do is we'll get like uh, 16 people and we split them up into two it's the bride and the, it's the sorry it's the uh, groom and the best man 
and one of them will be privateers and the other one will be pirates and they're on two opposite crews oh and we God. send them through this race through this these various scenarios and as they go each wow one of them, when they start they each get a single piece of pirate gear right so they'll get like a sword or a cut a, a gun uh, sorry a, a, a pistol they'll get a pirate hat one of them will have a beard one of them will have a parrot and all of them do something special for their character and at the very end all of them have to give all of their uh, equipment to either the best man or the you know the, the captain the uh, the groom and that those two end up having like a fight for the ship um and it is super fun so i have uh, the full pirate getups uh from, nice. from, from these scenarios and of course i have no shame I will. I dress. <laughs> I I dress like this in public, people. Uh, this is the. I like, and I I wear like red pants. Like, um, I go all out for for this. And uh, for when this comes out, I want us to do a Civ show for it. But I think also foibles. I think it'd be cool to do like a crossover thing, and maybe we'll do some some uh, pirates. Uh, uh, do some Sea of Thieves. Uh, as well you know what's funny is i played a little bit last night and i actually titled the stream practicing for civ six pirates that's awesome there you go that's awesome uh why are you looking forward to the pirates are you gonna dress up (laughs) um i'm not as into costumes as zoe is um i'd have to find a pirate costume number one i don't have any of that stuff um, if we ever were to play uh, uh, like Star Wars Battlefront, I can certainly dress up as a Star Wars character because I have that um, with a lightsaber and everything, um, uh, which is nice. for me, it's the Anakin. I have Anakin costume. I just need the scar. There you go. The scar on my eye and that's it. <laughs> and the yellow eyes. I actually, tr- I actually tried to look for contacts that would make my eyes yellow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're available now. You can get them easily. Yeah. Without any like uh, prescription, too. That's what I meant. Yeah, it's just the iris, so that. Um... Yeah, you can get yep. those now for sure. So other things that they mentioned, uh, they reduced or they changed. Sorry, they changed the recruit partisans spy mission. Now I know. I think in one of the games, what we had in the Civ show, somebody was getting barbarians in their neighborhood all the time. Who was it? No one. Uh, I don't know. I like to. I do like to use spies, and I do like using partisans. So, uh, <laughs> nice. maybe it's I me recently. Then. Maybe I recently played a game on when I was practicing, um, like the uh, scenario for the Civ challenge. Um, mm-hmm. I played it. I played it on a lower difficulty for the first time just to see what would happen. I played it on Prince, and the bar. Hey, we're being raided. No, eh. sorry. Yeah, Peppermint Butler. Hey, Peppermint Butler and 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 community, thank you for the raid of 13. How are you all doing? Sorry to interrupt you, uh, No problem. Hopefully you can remember where you were. Okay, uh, so um, I, I actually was trying to win a religious... Sorry. No, I'm just oh. saying hello to everybody. Oh, you you're keep doing going. this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, 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 I'm saying hello. Um, hello. Okay, so um, uh, the barbarians actually like defeated a lot of the civs on their own. Like a bunch of cities were raised by the time I got there. To like spread to wow. spread my religion. That's crazy. I'm spreading my religion, and I'm seeing like barbarian musketmen like taking on their army, and like just like tons of them. So I guess like on the lower difficulties, that whole scout that gets like the explanation mark above its head, and it runs back mm-hmm. to its encampment. I guess the computer doesn't stop them, because there were a lot of like barbarian um, um, units when I was like moving into their uh, area to to take it over. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought that was kind of maybe that's another way of making the game easier and lower difficulties <laughs> i did maybe. notice that the barb activity has increased since this most recent update in my opinion um also i learned a few things recently when they do get that exclamation point above their head when they're alerted of your mm-hmm. of your uh, city they don't have to run back the the camp automatically starts generating units at that moment really and so oh, they really? don't have to make it back to their camp if you kill that scout they're still going to be spawning units to head into your city um, oh, I well, do that, like well, what they've sucks. changed about this that, mission, that, though. That's going to alter the whole three laws of scouting. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that just means basically <laughs> if a scout spots your city, you got to just start building military units. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Hmm. You got to prepare for it. But yeah, they changed the recruit partisans now. Instead of recruiting uh, barbarians uh, all the time, they, it recruits uh, anti-cavalry, the most like researched anti-cavalry unit, 
and it destroys the neighborhood so you can't spam right the the mission anymore yeah so I, yeah I thank thank that's goodness that's for fair. that yeah. that's a good change i agree yeah. that's a good change uh, another thing they changed is the they scaled World Congress based off of the game speed. So basically, all that really is, people just have less diplomatic points when there is a World Congress. My camera froze. I'm still here. Don't yeah, me. your camera's frozen. <laughs> yeah, my camera. <laughs> I was froze. about to say, that's uh, a but, beautiful face. Uh, yeah. So like, that's I don't. Do you, was that needed? Do you, do you do, was was it a big deal? I didn't find it a big deal, but I didn't play a lot of single player games, so. I never spammed, and then I was never a victim of spam on that. Although the AI did like to use that mission a lot, and that's why I just stopped building neighborhoods, and I focused on finding housing in other places. Um, I would get housing from the dams rather than a neighborhood or you know stuff like that. But I guess at this point, uh, with that update, when it comes out, that shouldn't be as big of a problem anymore. Okay, my camera's like completely frozen, so I'm going to have to just live with that you know what i'm just gonna turn it off like you don't want to see that i'm gonna be a i'm gonna be a blank face for you guys uh the, <laughs> the, the last thing they changed is the wonder increase for the cpus to the pyramids and the oracles so now as a single player streamer do you think you'll ever get to see the oracle ever again um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. I'll have to test it once the update happens. So, um, I noticed that there are certain wonders and I think we all know which ones get taken very quickly. Uh, we've got Great Bath, Stonehenge, Machu Picchu. Um, I've noticed lately that Pyramids and Oracle, yeah, they, they don't get taken. I, I could end up building Oracle in the Renaissance area after like seven turns on standard speed and get it. Like they just don't put any priority on it. So hopefully this balances it out a bit, a little bit. My hope is it also takes some attention off of those wonders that do go faster, and we might have a better chance yeah. of getting them, especially Machu Picchu I, in I certain built, situations. In the single player game, I built the pyramids like in the in the industrial era. Classic, classic, classic <laughs> period of timing. By the way, classic. Yes, um, yes. And it's only because I never had a city near a desert, and then I built a city near a desert, and then I realized that uh, the pyramids were like still available to build. And I was like, yep. okay, so I guess I'll just build the pyramids. Oh, there right? you are. Um, but, you know, you know, uh, standard pyramid timing um, uh, going up in the industrial era. Classic. Another one I noticed that they don't go for uh, hardly ever is Petra. Mm. And I don't feel like I have to, I have to ever rush for Petra. Like, yeah. I got it pretty late in my Egypt game I've got going on right now. And uh, there's just not a lot of attention on it. Can I have a, just a very quick discussion before we end? Just say one yes. one question. Okay. Is Go Machu on. Picchu really an S tier sieve? <laughs> or, sorry, S tier one. Oh, guess that was up from the Twitter thing, right? News, like, news to me. Do you, uh, I'm not going to tell you my opinion on it, but do you think? I think you should save that question when you have Van Bradley because it was his video that you watched, right? And it was his but uh, I want his to know rankings. Your opinion on? <laughs> to be honest, um, as someone who uh, and I know Zoe kind of like maybe aligns with this, I really like making sure I have a good income. I like Machu Picchu as a as a wonder. Mm -hmm. um, if I can get it, I usually try to get it because it gives you that adjacency bonus. Um, and so, I'm I'm one who likes to build. Remember, I'm the one who says like if I um, don't have eight trade routes by like turn, I think it's like by um, by turn 100, I think I suck. Um, and so I love trade routes. I want lots of trade routes and I'd have my whole thing with them where I do mostly domestic and then I start switching them over to international as time goes on. And so now no one take that as gospel because I'm not good at the game of civilization, but it's just what I like <laughs> to do. Um, and so I personally like Machu Picchu, um, as a wonder, but okay. Okay. All right, I just don't think it's an S tier uh, thing. So yeah, Van Bradley re released. Uh, if you go, do haven't watched it yet, please go watch it. Uh, a Wonder Civilization tier list. I know how much you love tier lists, though. You talked about it earlier this podcast. Yeah, I do. I'm sure you'll have a good discussion with him next week we about will. that. Yeah, and that I hate tiers. I, I think they're dumb. I don't think they're <laughs> like why bother. Like it's so arbitrary most of the time. You, you know, you can't speak to any specific situation. But, you know, what do I know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of Van Bradley, he was going to be featured on this Sunday's episode of The Civ Show, where we will be doing 
uh, Nastangus, if you want to reveal real quick what we're doing, because it is technically your... Let's call it the roll of the dice. So everything is going to be random. Random sibs, random map, um, random uh, game modes that we're going to be trying as well. Uh, And so everything's just random. Random, random. It's going to be a lot of fun, but until then, foibles... Let us know where we can find you. Rolling out the red carpet for you as the guy from Hot Ones, Sean Evans, says. Uh, please tell the world <laughs> what you have going on. All right. Yeah, of course, you can find me on Twitch uh, at uh, twitch.tv slash foibles. On Twitter, uh, I believe it's foibles underscore Twitch. And I stream four times a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday nights at 8 p.m. Arizona time, which is uh, Pacific time right now. But come November 1st, I think that's going to change, but Arizona, you know, we're we're ahead of the times. We don't believe in daylight savings time anymore, so we and we like to keep the may, clocks where they are. We may join you in BC. We're thinking about it. <laughs> oh, Ooh, God, nice! I'd love that. I hate daylight savings. Yeah, <laughs> I, I heard we might get rid of it too, actually, in uh, Ontario. So we're we're all crossing our fingers and hoping. Thank this you, is, foibles. This is the time to do it. We're all inside. Time has lost all meaning. So <laughs> that's the time to do it. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Foibles, for joining us on the Civ Show podcast and on the Civ Show last week. Really, really uh, yeah. appreciate yeah. your time. Well, uh, a and very your... welcome guest. Very, I hope we'll have you. Thanks again. for having me. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And uh, it only makes me look forward to the Civ Give even more with you, which is going to be happening on December 20th. Mark your calendar, folks. December 20th. Can't wait. Civ Give. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. And uh, until then, we'll see you guys on Sunday for the Shuffle Mode Shuffle game with Van Bradley, and see you then. Good night. Good night. Thanks for having me. Good night, everybody.